0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2017. You guys are listening to episode 295. That is right, everybody. Almost only a month away, five weeks away from doing this shit 300 times in six and a half years. Um, thank you for tuning in, thank you if you are a new listener, you know who you are, and thank you if you have been a loyal listener for years, you also know who you are, um, I truly appreciate it, the numbers of the show keep going up everybody, you guys are listening, your friends are listening, tell a friend about the Verzi Effect podcast, I am also, approaching... I think, uh, like a million downloads, and, uh, that doesn't even count with the hits of people who just don't download it and just listen for free, you cheap fucks, just kidding, but, uh, great show, uh, today, a lot of stuff to talk about, got some stuff with sports, of course, I did not see a movie, uh, my unacceptable, your guys unacceptable, being out in Providence, Rhode Island, and then, uh, um, Providence, Rhode Island, and then, uh, Massachusetts, over the weekend and uh that was uh, amazing, fun, interesting, everything. Uh such a good time out there in New England. It's been a while since I've uh, been out in that area because I did it so much last year that I needed to at, take at least a year off um before doing it. And um just running the new hour, man, and uh, having a lot of fun, uh, great crowds uh every night, every show. So, uh we'll talk about that and uh and get into it. But first, of course, we have to, of course. Shout out to sponsors. The Versi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services with Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there, uh, a dedicated, amazing dog trainer who's dedicated almost 18 years of his life to uh, working with these um, with these dogs. You can check out Coach Mike and City Living Dog on um, you know Facebook and YouTube and Instagram to all of the. Uh, all of the social media, just go to Google and put in City Living Dog, you can see his amazing YouTube clips, you can see him do Facebook and Facebook Live, um, and uh, he came out and worked with uh, with our boy Lloyd, and definitely, definitely, uh, still to this day, it, it helps, and he's coming back, so um, just little things like that that we've learned from Coach Mike, an amazing dog trainer, so check out City Living Dog, and, uh, and support what he's doing, and support... Uh, and support that, especially if uh, you or somebody you know has a dog that needs help, reach out to, uh, to Coach Mike. Um, also, All Things Comedy, guys, go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite, best podcasts, comedy podcasts, just the best podcasts out there. Uh, also, they have a record label, All Things Records, which has amazing stand-up comedy albums, uh, where I did mine. Uh, number one on iTunes, number four on Billboard, but I don't look at those things, everybody. Uh, but no, check them out and follow them uh, at All Things Comedy on Twitter and go to allthingscomedy.com. Man, I do those advertisements like a pro, everybody. Now, let's get right into it. Where I was this weekend, me and my buddy, Joe Bartnick. Joe Bartnick came with me. He was in town from L.A. I was headlining Providence. And uh, he had the weekend off because Joe was a headliner in his own right. And uh, he was like, hey, dude, you know, I'd love to roll with you. And I said, fuck yeah. And we went out to Providence, Rhode Island, and it was packed out. I want to thank everybody who was at the shows. I want to thank everybody who listens to the Versey Effect and came up to me after the show telling me that they listened to the show. It was a lot of them, and I really appreciate it um, there were some diehard fans there, and it was just really nice, uh, almost every show was sold out, we did three shows, Friday was a few tables shy of sold out, first show Saturday was completely sold out, and second show Saturday, I think was right there, almost sold out, maybe a few chairs, so, uh, it was amazing to have that many people, and to have a line out the door, so thank you to the club, the staff, Please support and check out um, Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. It is uh, an amazing venue, an amazing comedy club. Um, a couple drunks I had to deal with there, you know. Was, you know you, you're know, always going to have to deal with a couple of fucking, you know. And I just, at one one of the shows, I just went off. This woman just was so hammered. And she wasn't like a jerk, you know. She wasn't like a jerk. She just was loud and into the show and talking. And finally, I just had to fucking lay into the crowd. I just, I mean, I had to lay into her. And it was awesome because everybody in the cl- in the crowd was agreement and clapping for her to shut the fuck up. And she, I think she was one of, you know, when you're so drunk, you just can't handle it. Well, the thing is, I don't put up with shit like that. So I'm going to fucking, you know, if, if it's interrupting me or my joke or a story I'm telling or something like that, I have to call it out. And um, I just don't understand. I really don't understand why people go to a live performance and would get that drunk. I just you know what I mean like it just doesn't seem like, and I, I and I I think it's almost worse than doing it at like a Broadway play. You know because at a Broadway play there's no real interaction there's not somebody talking to you they're they're doing a performance so you could just be sitting there you know going out to the concessions getting hammered on fucking shitty red wine and and just be sitting there hammered. And you're not really going to yell stuff out or whatever because you're watching a performance. But I think it's worse because people think because somebody's talking to them and people are laughing and having a good time, they have the right to do that. And it's so fucking annoying. I wish some clubs had like an anvil over every table. And just you knew like there was like a little like chart of the seats by the feet of the comedian. So you could see like all the seats that are lit up and they all had a little button. And, like, nobody would know, but you would just know which table was talking, and you just stepped on it, and a fucking anvil killed everybody at the fucking table. Just fucking slaughtered a table of people. And even the innocent ones have to be responsible for the asshole that they brought. So everybody fucking dies, and then you know what? I bet you everybody else would just be fine. Everybody in the show would be like, all right, fuck it, dude. Table nine was out of hand, now they're all dead. So we're either going to leave in horror, or we're going to stay through this, and we're going to keep our fucking mouths shut. But other than that, everybody, I had a great time. I really did. So thank you guys if you came out. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't fucking get the talking. I I really fucking don't. And I'm going to take it a step further and some people are going to be mad. 90-something percent are women. Women fucking cackle. They talk and they think they have more of a fucking right to be an asshole at a comedy show than men do. And I know people are saying, fuck that, that's bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. Okay, I've been doing this shit like six years shy of fucking 20 years. I've been doing this almost, and, and prof- no, I've been doing this like professionally for like 14 years and total for like 17 years, all right? And I can tell you right now, women are the ones that fucking talk. I mean, men do too, men do too, but it's much different. It's like they, they I just, I don't know what it is. And somebody put some stat up that like 98% of hecklers are female. And I was like, ah, that seems a little high. No, it's not. It fucking happens. And I'm not even talking about like disrupting the show. We're all professionals. We could deal with like whatever's going on. But it's just like the fucking loud sense of entitlement. Shut the fuck up. You know, and and some comedians unfortunately don't know how to handle it. And it ruins the show for everybody. Um, But I just find it like, just go to a diner. (laughs) <laughs> Just go to a fucking diner. But the crowds were fucking... The crowds really were like amazing and I had a... I definitely had a, a really good time. Um, I had the best time after the shows in the hotel I was staying in. The hotel I was staying in has a cigar lounge in it. There's a cigar lounge in the fucking hotel that I was staying in. There was an insane gym and steam room... And just amazing. And again, though, guys just walking around the steam room with their dicks out. Just naked. I don't understand what it is, this sense of freedom. Like, I don't know if these guys just walk around all the time naked or I think the fact that they they can. Sometimes I think people are just like, oh, fuck it, dude. I'm just taking the robe off because I can and we're in a men's locker room and I walk around naked. It's like, where is your sense of like hiding your dick? You know, me and Joe Bartnick were talking about it before. This guy took off his towel and I thought his fucking, you know, he's going to be, you know, he did it like he was definitely naked. And he had like a black Speedo on. And I give him credit for it. He's not going to walk around with his fucking hog hanging out of his fucking, I don't get it. I walked into the fucking, I walked <laughs> walked into the fucking thing and this dude's, I swear to God, this guy was just like sitting there in front of a mirror naked. Just bare ass, like brushing his hair. You know, you're just standing there like a naked toddler at any point. Are you ever like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing here? This is a free public, you know, locker room to anybody who's staying at this hotel. And I'm just walking around like a fucking four-year-old who got out of a bathtub with his dick out brushing my hair. You know, I don't want to see you scrubbing under your balls with a towel to dry off. I don't want to see you like drying your ass and your dick out. I don't. I really fucking don't. Put a bathing suit on and like let everybody know they don't have that. It's always like every time you turn the corner, you're waiting to see a car crash or you're waiting to see an accident. You just turn, you're just like, please, no, just I don't want, you know, some burly guy sitting there with his fucking half soft dick out while he's rubbing it or whatever. I don't want to see it. And no, you fucking cunts, it's not a homophobic thing, alright, absolutely not, it's just, it's just a, uh, I don't know, it's just a thing, it's not a homophobic thing, it's just, it's almost like, because in life, we you don't see strangers naked, you don't, you don't walk around, you know, you don't walk around and see people naked, people aren't just walking around the park naked. But because this place has a gym and a locker room, it's like, no, I don't, I don't look at it like that. I feel like if you're going to be naked, you know, you're naked in the comfort of your own, in privacy. That's what I think. I don't want to see some guy see his fucking dick and watch him, like, rub his balls and ass with a towel. And then, you know, and then see him at the hotel bar and act like act like it's normal. It's not normal. I just saw you fuck. I just saw you, you know what I mean? Scrubbing. I don't, I don't want to see it. It's fucking gross to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm fucked up. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. You want to see some strangers? I don't. But, Paul, that's what, you know, there's towels and that's there's robes. All right, fine. There are towels and robes. Listen, I get it. If it's like a quick flash... Where you got to drop your towel real quick and you're naked for two seconds and you put your underwear on real quick. That's one thing. I'm talking about the guys that are like walking around talking just stark naked. Just like, hey, what's going on, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see your dick's hanging nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, once you get some powder for my balls, throw me the powder. I could, I could put them on my balls. Yeah, let's let brush our teeth naked and talk about what we're gonna do tonight. Like I don't. That's the. That's what I'm talking. Like, the guys that just have no. They just don't care. They're just walking around naked. It's it's just weird to me. You know, it's just because <laughs> because it makes everybody. Like, I don't know if it's like a power play move. I don't know if they want to make people feel uncomfortable. I just find it. I find it weird. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just picture a bunch of guys taking like, a, like every, like, you know, with a selfie stick and just like all crowded in. Like, you know, the way guys that it. <laughs> 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 you know, the way like if a bunch of dudes are at a club, like, get in here. now get Vinny and Frank. Get in here. Yeah, get Bill. Yeah, get Bobby. I, and everybody just kind of puts their head in, you know, and they're all holding their drinks up with a selfie stick. I just pictured all the naked guys, you know, just fucking... <laughs> Just doing that. Yeah, I don't, I really don't, you know, I don't want to see any of that shit. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's move on. I have been doing something now for a few months. I believe I mentioned it on the show, guys. And I have to tell you, I am a new man because of it. I am at peace and it is amazing. I have now for, I think, about a month or so. Not said or replied or done anything political on Facebook or on social media for that matter at all. Twitter, Facebook, nothing. I have not engaged in any fucking, you know, crazy political things. And I have to tell you, the freedom that you get, just try it. You're not going to beat these people. You cannot fight the world. If you just don't do it, like I haven't been doing it, I have friends that are posting all kinds of political stuff and and stuff about, you know, just everything going on the left and the and the right and and this this Milo kid and and, and Bill Maher and and Trump this and and you know Chuck Schumer that and fucking The View said this, and and this correspondent on this show said that, and the host of this political show, and that political show, and Fox, and CNN, and all those things that I'm seeing, and I'm literally just ignoring it, as soon as I even read a sentence that even starts to go in the direction, I just scroll away from it, it's giving me more time to myself, it's giving me more time to my family, I'm just like, I'm not going to beat anybody into submission of what I think. Everybody that knows me and pretty much that is a friend knows that I believe every side has a little bit of a point. Uh, Some people disagree and go, fuck you, you lean right, but they're not paying attention because there's a lot of things I say that don't. Um, And then there are definitely some things that do, but just not engaging at all. Just being like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I am not going to say something on here. And then some fuck in Texas or Arizona or wherever is going to come on here and say, yeah, easy for you to say, blah, blah, blah. And then try to make a point and then throw a statistic at me. And then I have to do my fucking research and get statistics. I'm done. And I, I promise you, I'm challenging you to do the same because it will do two things. One... Not give these people on their fucking soapbox and their pedestal the power to feel like they could keep doing it and engage with all these people. So you take power away from them when you just ignore it. And two, it gives you such a sense of peace. It does not waste your time. It does not get you upset. And it is exactly why we were growing up and hearing don't talk about politics and religion. Because those are two things you cannot win. Yeah, you could make a point. But when you make a point, everybody is out there now. You know? Everybody is out there and because of the business I'm in, I have like the max friends on Facebook, whatever it is, 5,000 or a few shy of 5,000 and so if I say something, it's a shit storm. Uh, because I'll get half the people agreeing with me, I'll get the other half, and then I'll also get people that love me but are disappointed that I said that, then I'll get people that don't like me but they're glad that I said that, and then everybody's fighting with each other, and then you ever do that, you ever say something on Facebook and somebody comments, and then another friend comments at the person's comment at you, and then those two start fighting and now you're like, fuck, I started a fight with two strangers, it's, I'm done, it is the best, I will fucking do shit about sports a little bit, and just whatever, and it's amazing. Plugging and promoting my shows. I have I have sunlight in my life now. Just think of I'm just thinking about it. It's amazing. It's it's awesome. Just thinking, just me right now thinking that when I'm done this podcast and I go to my my apps or my phone or whatever it is, I'm gonna see political posts. You know, you just see Trump. This, how could he do that? Does he have no decency or what's this and that and this and that and there's just words you see. Guns right, transgender, right, Trump, climate, Muslim, you know, the wall, fucking Mexicans, terrorism, radical Islam, anytime I see any of these words, Republican, Democrat, you know, any of these things, the left, the right, oh, the word liberal, you'll see that, anytime I see that, I just walk away, and I almost like smile, I feel like the guy at the end of the movie who won and he just goes off in the car and you just see dust from the dirt, you know, and he's just gone and, like, he made it. Everything that happened during the course of that two hours and, you know, and, and just all the fucking, just the the, the rubble and the, and, the, and the ruins of everything, you know, just the, the debris of what happened. And he just gets out and he just, like, lights a cigarette and he smirks and then he gets the fuck out of there. That is how I feel every time I read a political post and I don't engage in it. And I'm now starting to feel sorry for the people that can't lay off because there's some people that just can't lay off. Uh, Oh my God, I feel cleansed. I hope I helped you. I hope you do this. Do me a favor. If you like my show, if you're listening to this right now, which I assume if you are listening to this right now, you do like my show, um, which I appreciate, of course. Just try it for a week just try it for a week, ignore everything for a week, and just, you dictate what's being talked about, you talk about it, you talk about a game, you talk about food, you know, Joe Bartnick's got a great joke, he goes, I'd rather see your salads now, I used to not want to see what you're eating, and now I'd rather see it, and it's so true, I just, you know, show me the rack of ribs you're eating tonight, and say, hey, come down to fucking, you know, Tony Smith's Rib Shack, down on Main Street, it's ridiculous, I'd rather see that, than what you think about fucking, you know, drones being dropping bombs in the Middle East. Um, so I guess, should I do your guys' unacceptable first? Yeah, maybe I'll do that. What are we, oh, we're at 20 minutes. Should we talk about, uh, no. I'll read your guys' unacceptables first, see where that takes us. And then I'll finish up, we'll do some stuff on sports. And uh, there we go, so let's go. Here we go. Uh, Valentine's Day Unacceptable from, did I not read this one? Uh, did I read this one? Let me see here. Uh, no, no, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. Here we go. Rhode Island Show and Two Unacceptables. Here we go. This is from Sam. Yes, I was wrong with the Valentine's Day Unacceptable. I had the Valentine's Day Unacceptable. All right, so this one is, oh, Rhode Island show and two unacceptables. Here we go. Let's see. Hey, Paul, I'm in the middle of work, so I'll try to make this a quick one. I've been listening to TVE since since you went on that month-long Canadian tour with Burr a few years ago, and you both did each other's podcasts each week. Yes, I remember that. That was a long time ago. So when I heard you were going to be at the Comedy Connection, I decided it was time for me to see my first stand-up show ever. I grabbed one of my boys who has never seen any of your material, so I reassured him that you're one of Burr's guys, and he was uh, he was in. We both absolutely uh, loved the late show, probably being the only ones who weren't drinking because we were 19. Bartnik and you killed all the hecklers, Uh, And had hilarious sets. I was the guy who figured out it was oh yeah 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 yeah. I remember you. I was the guy who figured out it was Lawhead, uh, and shook your hand from the car. I remember. Yep, you were the last one to leave, and I was going to my car. Uh, Now, if I didn't have IBS like the Shakespeare of shit, Kelly Meyer, uh, then we would have still uh, still been in the parking lot uh, to quickly meet you but my time was limited as, I, <laughs> as I'd be writing in a very different unacceptable today, but I'm no animal, and I almost missed you because of it. Uh, I'll make it up next time with a blunt or a stick after the show if you're around. Now for the unacceptables. During the show, we ordered some Red Bulls uh, and an order of wings. We never got the wings uh, and were billed for it uh, at the end of the show, but our waiter resolved the issue. I don't know what's more unacceptable, us uh, ordering wings at a comedy show or them uh, never being served to us. Now, my second unacceptable is yesterday morning, me and my girl, who have been dating for nine months, broke up because she wanted me to cut out core friends I've had for 15 years. Oh boy, that's a big one. I'll get into that one. My fucking ear, if I was a dog, my ears just went up uh, because she didn't get along with them. She has been really jumping that hot slash crazy line for a while now, but this is the first time I put my foot down and it's over. I'm pretty uh, burnt over it, but uh, I'll be fine soon. Uh, I'll be fine soon. It just piss I'll be fine soon. Okay, it just pisses me off. Um, I got it. F- there we go, Paul. Make the font bigger so you could fucking see. Okay. Not that big dick. Now I can't even see the fucking... Alright. There we go. Um, You'll be fine soon. It just pisses you off. uh, The control someone can try to establish in a relationship over somebody else. I was at her house daily, so the worst is just trying to fill up the time I have. Uh, Yeah, I know. That's brutal, man. Uh, good thing I don't take a day off for uh, four classes over four days of school and the other three days of work. Your show lifted my spirits when I needed it, and now I won't have to get uh, divorced in my 30s with regrets and have no friends left. Uh, and I'm keeping my word on the $5 Patreon contribution. Uh, you more than deserve it. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for reading uh, all of this, and I'm wondering... I was wondering your experience on bad service at shows and hot slash crazy girlfriends and if they are worth it. Well, you just opened up a can of worms there, Sammy. Uh, And I will tell you what. I will tell you what. Number one, look, uh, the comedy club was packed. You ordered wings and didn't get them. I'm glad they resolved it and I'm sorry about that. I can tell you this. The owners of that club are incredible the people in that club are great and I can I can tell you this, business-wise, they are super, super fair and they treat the artist amazing and that seems like an unfortunate thing um, and I'm sorry about that. But that that place is really a, a well-oiled machine and that just seems like a bad situation. Um, yes, I mean, to answer your question, we've all dealt with that. I've been in places where nothing's, you know, I haven't got an order and then I've been like, you know what, fuck it, I don't even want it anymore. You know, you just get so pissed off and you just... My wife is the best. When my wife gets pissed, it takes a lot for my wife to get upset in public, but shit like that, what happened to you? And then she'll be like, "Yeah, I just don't want it anymore." And she's actually a sweetheart, but yeah, you get it ruins it. Cuz you're like, "Listen, you're in the mood for wings." Doesn't matter you're a cu- you fucking wings are wings. You're in the mood for wings. And that's the thing. When you're in the mood for wings, wings are something that when it doesn't come, it's bad. Like wings are wings. Like wings are like an exciting thing, you know? Wings are like You know, there's certain things that you get that you're excited about. Like, you get excited about everything, but if you order a chicken dish or a fish dish with vegetables, it's like, ah, when it gets here, it gets here, I'm drinking my drink. But you get a slice of pizza, you know it's coming quick. Wings are exciting because you don't know if the spicy is going to be too spicy. You know, they bring you fucking vegetables and dip and wet naps. It's kind of like a fun appetizer. And then when it never comes, you're like, what the fuck? Because you have like, it's like a trifecta. You like carrots, you like celery, you like the hot sauce and the wings, ever the, the whole deal. They even give you something to clean yourself up. And now nothing comes. I get it. I get it. But don't let that deter you from that place because that's a great place. Now, let's talk about this chick. All right, here's the deal. Number 1 you did the right thing. All right. And you are 19 years old. Okay. The last thing in the world you want to do is is get tied up with something like that. I have a similar situation. I wasn't 19, but I believe I was um I believe I was probably 22. I might have been t- yeah, I was I was was it yeah, like 20 Probably 2000, 2001, thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. Around that time, so I would be yeah, I was, I was definitely, I was in my early, I was in my early twenties, right. And I was dating a girl who was hot slash crazy, and the thing about the, you know, look, let's be honest and let's be real, sex is what draws you into that when you're a young kid. All right, 19 years old and you're with some hot chick. You're going to look past the crazy because you're getting laid, you know, and you're you're fucking, you know, you're getting laid from a hot chick. You know what I mean? And and all the things are are amazing sexually and you're like, "Fuck, this is great." But then so you get blinded by how much of an asshole this person is cuz this person's a fucking asshole. You know, but you're not thinking about that. You know, she's grabbing your dick in a fucking cab. She's fucking, you know what I mean? She lord knows what she's done, but for you to put up with that while she's telling you to fucking tell your friends to fuck off after after I've been watching too many fucking Australian guys say fuck off and and English guys go, you know, fuck off, but she's telling your friends after 15 years that she doesn't want you around them or she's telling you that those friends aren't good friends. Um you're blinded by something. And you know, and something, you know, something's telling me that that Probably the sex has something to do with it, I would imagine. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, I mean, when you're 19, I think that plays a big part in it. Um, I dated this girl, and she was fucking awful. She was awful. She fucking, she blamed me for whatever she did. Like, she got, like, a speeding ticket. And she was like, well, you know... You live far away so I had to speed so what the fuck this is bullshit I feel like going home and it's like she was speeding. Um, I remember we were hailing a cab once and this nice I remember this nice blonde lady or girl or whatever 20s early 20s whatever you want to call her um, was like hailed a cab and I was with this girl and she just fucking ran right past her and jumped into the cab she hailed and I was like like a, almost apologizing my, on my way in the cab I was like that was really fucking rude and then one time I just had it where we were going back to my place in Queens and she's like I'm just gonna go to my friend my friend lives around the corner and she just went to her friends and just stayed at her girlfriend's the whole night and just left me at my place and came back and tried all that I'm sorry we were smoking and tried all that cute sex shit with me and I'm like, no, nah, get the fuck away from me, you know, get away from me, no, come here, come here, trying all that sex shit, trying to throw herself at me and do that, and I remember being like, you know, so, and I mean, and I'm not, I'm leaving out a lot of fucking, you know, shitty things, and I remember, I'll never forget, I just took money out, I just took money out, and I just was like, I'm, I'm calling you a cab, and she lived far from Queens, really far, and I just called up, I remember she was just sitting, there. I just called her, yeah, how much is it to get somebody from here to there, And it was like a lot of money, and I just took money out of my wallet, and I just kind of threw it on the bed, and then I fucking literally just like the car came and just walked her to the car and just gave the guy the money, and goes fucking, and I just was done forever. It was fucking awesome. And, uh, and that person deserved every minute of that, and it didn't matter. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give, you're not gonna fucking treat me like that, you know, because, you know. Because you're fucking cute and you think you're just going to throw sex and shit. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not. So this girl's trying to make you lose your friends that you've had for 15 years. I mean, you've known these kids. I mean, look, if you guys are 19 years old, right? You're both 19. That means you've known these kids since you're four fucking years old. You've known these kids your whole life since you're little kids. And this fucking chick that's into your life is going to tell you, fuck that. I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. This is a great one. You guys are going to love this one um another story where a uh really uh I mean I'm a young kid now now I'm now it's earlier I think I'm 19 I'm 19 20 I'm like your age and there was this uh really really attractive girl and every dude tried getting with her everybody and she was into me and uh I had just no I'm sorry I was probably like 21 I was 21 and I had just started doing stand-up and I was uh I think I dropped out of college to do stand-up. I started going to New York City to do these, like, bringer shows. And, you know, for you people that don't know bringer shows, when you start out comedy, they don't do them really anymore. But back when I did it, like, 99 or, like, 2000, when I first, like, was ever getting on stage, you'd have to bring three paying audience members in the crowd, and they'd give you five minutes, and you'd make no money just to see. I mean, it was really thinking about it now. It's like, man, I must have really loved to do this and wanted this in my life because some of the shit that I did was incredible you know to just drive far away you know and, and do that. so um, I started to this girl was like into me and I was I was uh, dropped out of school and I had a a car upstate and I would drive to the city to do stand-up and she, we were going on a date and she was very like you know every like I said she was like really attractive and everything and she uh, was comes from a rich like her dad had a lot of money. She got like a good job But I think her dad Bought her like a fucking BMW or something She just had She just everything You know her, her dad owned a business Everything was like Kind of given to her she was definitely spoiled I think she was the only girl With like four or five brothers I knew who her brothers were And um, So we're, our plan is to go Eat something at dinner And then go to the movies And then she was gonna uh, I think come back to, to my place And I think I hung out With her like one time before and, uh, we're sitting down at this, at this place and she's just trying to get smart and be cool. And like, I was telling her about stand up, and I was telling her, I remember like running a joke by her and she'd be like, Oh, you think that's funny? You think that's funny or something? And like, she was like half serious, but then like anything we talk about, she was just being a fucking jerk and she was trying to go at me and I knew what she was doing. She was trying to play this game with me and she was trying to cut me down, but also like trying to be like cute and trying to make me sweater. And I remember just being like, this fucking chick is a spoiled asshole. Fuck her. And I remember going, you know what, man? I'm I'm not going to the movies. Just take me home. She drove because she wanted to drive. She showed me her new fucking BMW. So she picked me up and she drove. We went out to the restaurant and she acted like an asshole she started, you know, she was just being a, she was being a bitch, that's really what she was being, and like, I felt it, you know when somebody's being shitty, and you just feel it, and the vibe is like, ugh, I don't even like this person, this person's not cool, because let's be honest, when you, when you're hanging with somebody, you get a vibe, you know, you know what I mean, you, you fucking know, you're like, oh man, like, this is like, I want this to, this is gonna happen again, like, I wanna, like, not only do I like this person, but, like, when we get home, I want to talk on the phone with this person, you know? I want to fucking, you ever do that? You go on a date, and then you go home and you talk to the person till like, 4 in the morning. You wake up thinking about the person and shit. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be at dinner before the date starts, At a, going to a movie, and be like, ugh, I don't give a shit. how This person sucks. So I go, you know what, man? Just take me home. Just fucking take me home. And she was stunned because she was spoiled, and that shit never happened to her before, I could tell, you know? And uh, she just was like, yeah, you don't want to go to the movie? I'm like, nah, just take me home. And I remember just walking to the car, kind of being silent. And I just get in the car and I sit there. And she's like playing music but trying to talk to me. And I'm just kind of looking out the window like, man, just take me home. You know, and we get to the driveway. And she's sitting there and she's like kind of talking to see if I'm like going to go to the movie or to see if I'm just like pouting. And I was like, all right, man, whatever thanks, or good luck to you, or whatever, I remember, I just said on. So, I walked out, and I slammed the door, and I walked, and she was so stunned, that she sat in my driveway, with the lights on in her car, just processing, that I just fucking nixed, I don't give a shit, how good you look, how good you smell, what you're wearing, fuck you, you know, if you're gonna be an asshole like that now, I'm, I would nip nip it in the bud, so, I know I'm being long winded here, but I do have experience with this, and the here's the best part, okay, about women is you're going to get a hot, not crazy one that's fucking awesome and appreciates and respects your friends and you have great sex and all this shit is good. You're going to get everything you want, you know, from a fucking cool woman because women are the best, man. Like, I'm not, like, a lot of people sometimes will say, and I get into arguments with people like, oh, are you misogynistic or something? No, I just call shit. if I see a woman and she's acting like a bitch, I'm going to fucking either disassociate myself or tell her, you know, or both, and that's it, and then I'll say, I don't fucking like the way you're acting, and it has nothing to do with, well, because I'm a woman? No, because you suck, I would do it if you were a man, but, I mean, if you could get with a cool woman, that's hot, that the sex is great, she loves your friends, she likes, you know, whatever you like, whether that's sports, or fucking music, going to concerts, whatever, you could get all of that shit with the right person, Instead of this fucking asshole who's got crazy issues or spoiled or whatever. Fucker, you did the right thing. Good for you. All right, moving on next. Here we go. Um, oh, okay. Pyrenees. I got it. This is from Robert Thompson. Great. It's uh, Pyrenees. Pyrenees. The dog. It's pronounced great. Pyrenees. Attached picture. And it's a beautiful... Oh, okay. So remember, somebody wrote in about the dog. And uh, I, I was fucking up the pronouncement, but uh, Pyrenees is what it's called. Uh, great. And it's a big white. It almost looks like a puffier golden retriever, but white. That's that's what I'm getting from it. It just looks like a jacked up, puffy, white golden retriever. Really pur- beautiful dog. And it says, awesome podcast, man. I love this shit. Uh, I love, love the shit out of Bartnick. Oh, oh you got the Patreon. Well, yeah. The only comedian I can... Uh, go-to about hockey hint hint loving patreon as well see you soon bro well listen uh thank you so much robert uh or you you, you signed off there bobby t so listen bobby uh you're not gonna get hockey talk from me i'm sorry I, I don't get me wrong i love it i took my son to a rangers game um you know Derek stebon came out and said hi to my son which was amazing uh You know, I I like the atmosphere of it. I I get excited when I'm there a little bit, but it's just something that growing up, it hasn't taken to me. Definitely more. I'll watch it, but, like, I think I've given it enough to where it's never, ever going to be the big three for me. You know, the big three being football, uh, baseball, and basketball. My Giants, my Yankees, my Knicks. I don't think that hockey will ever be that. So you're going to have to, unfortunately, continue to go to... um, To Bartnick. But Bartnick for sure knows all the shit about it. It's so beautiful in New York today that I actually got my Cool Lime Refresher from Starbucks for the first time in months and months. Um, You guys know if you listen, that's the drink that I used to get all the time. And, uh, you know, it's like 69 degrees right now in New York. It feels like summertime. Uh, So, that's what I'm drinking right now. Here we go. Thank you for the submission. Uh this one is from Brent I'm sorry not Brent Brett shitty luck unacceptable here we go let's go Brett McCarthy uh <laughs> hey Paul my unacceptable is regarding your comedy connection show this past weekend but has nothing to do with you uh, or the show itself let me explain my girlfriend and another couple that were good friends uh, that were good friends with, Did a double Valentine's type of uh, date type of thing. Uh, Went to a delicious hibachi restaurant, spent a hundred bucks on dinner and drinks, and everything was going great. After dinner, we were headed to your show, which I had planned in advance for all of us and were all ready for a good time. We got to the club right at eight. As the show was set to begin, and I pulled into the parking lot without realizing. It was already at capacity. Oh, boy. So I tried to put my car into reverse to find another spot, and my goddamn piece of shit car would not go into gear. Uh, No reverse, no drive, not first, second, or third. And, Paul, my car has never shown any signs of transmission problems and has actually been pretty reliable. So I end up having to call AAA, to have my car towed home and by the time we got into the club your set was already halfway over which is a total letdown for us and me especially since I was the one who planned it all my unacceptable uh being my absolute shitty luck oh man uh when it comes to stuff like this uh the two sc- scorpion bowls i drank and the joint i smoked all went to waste as I became a bit demoralized due to my car shitting the bed, unacceptable, however, the last 20 or so minutes, uh, we caught your set completely made up for the otherwise extremely shitty night, we all laughed our asses off, and my girlfriend as well, as our friends, uh, we were with, had never been to a comedy show before, could not stop saying how funny you were, Thanks for killing your set and helping me laugh off some of the rage I had built up at the time. Can't wait to catch your act again. Hopefully your whole set this time. Sorry for the length, but had to get this out. P.S. And fuck cars. Brent McCarthy. Well, uh, Brett. Brett, thank you so much uh, for, A, coming out to the show. I'm sorry that it, uh, that happened. Uh, I can't even believe you came in. Bartnick uh, was on the show, and that was a great part of it, too. The host was great, and uh, you still came in when I had 20 minutes left to go. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you still did that, and I'm glad the 20 minutes that you did see um, gave you a good night. Do me a favor. Hit me up next time I'm in your town, and I will try to hook you up with tickets, okay? So just let me know if, if I'm coming back to that area. I mean, I'm sure I'll be back there. I was told I'm coming back. Just hit me up in advance and let me know, and I will try to uh, have you taken care of because uh, you did still come into the show and you know only got to see 20 minutes, and I can't have my fans have have that happen. So uh, even though it was your car, uh, I will love to make up for that uh, if I can. And if you're in New York... and and I'm on a bill, and you're going to a show, hit me up, I mean, I will need some time in advance, but uh, I'm sorry that happened, thank you so much for the submission, that does suck about cars, Um, I was telling my wife the other day, I'm going through a car thing too, because like I always said, I commute so much, I drive from my house to the city, and it's pretty far, and I do it like three, four, sometimes uh, five and six times a a week, you know, sometimes not, but most of the time, I would say I probably average four times, uh, definitely three, and it's a lot of fucking miles. And I want to get a new car right now. My car's not at a hundred thousand miles yet, but it's approaching it, probably maybe within a year. And I'm I don't need that shit. Like I I leased cars, and I'm like the type of guy that leases a car, and after two years, I get a new car. And now that I live up here in the woods, and I drive down there, I you know I go I go Japanese with the commute. You gotta. You got to go Toyota or Honda when you, when you, you got to go Japanese. And don't tell me, no, fuck, what about American cars? I tried that shit. American car almost fucking killed me. But um, yeah, that's a fear is like, you know, trying to do something and having your car completely shit the bed. And then next thing you know, you just have to go. I I like to get it done before I even get there. But um, thank you, uh, Brett, again for the submission. I'm sorry that happened. Here we go. This one, oh, okay, this one's a regular. Fancy Verzi unacceptable. Uh, Shaheen Salabi. Shaheen, you're probably pissed I always do this to you. I'm sorry. Paul motherfucking pride of Trenton Verzi. What's up? I'm back. I got two quick but good ones today. First off, I saw an absolute animal walk into a public bathroom without shoes or socks on. And then, when he was walking out, he didn't wash his hands. What the fuck? Second one. On Burr's podcast, he was describing what New Yorkers think is nice-slash-acceptable clothing, and he brought you up. Uh, almost exactly, he said, Paul Versey thinks he can put on jeans and a pair of jorts <laughs> to meet the president. Uh, <laughs> I fucking died when I heard that, Mr. Versey. Uh, lock the no-shoe animal and you up in a clothing store so he can buy some shoes and you could buy a suit. Love you, Verza. you're the man. Thank you so much. Uh, March to 300. Uh, Shaheen. Shaheen. Uh, Shaheen S. Thank you, buddy. Um, Yes, Bill Burr likes to bust my chops. Uh, you know, the funny thing too is it's not like Bill's wearing fucking tuxedos on stage. Yes, occasionally he'll put a suit on, but my whole career, you know, look, I'll wear a nice pair of jeans, maybe a nice cashmere sweater, and, you know, I'm just not a dress shoe guy when I'm on stage, you know? I mean, I have, but no, that's not, you know, I'd rather, for me, it was always like a really, you guys know my sneaker game is is up to par, and that's what I would do. So, um, you know, no, if I met the president, I would probably be, you know, you know, well, no, if I met the president, I would definitely wear shoes. You know, (laughs) I see Trump just looking at my shoes like, this is a disgrace. (laughs) You can't do it just with his fucking finger. You know, who let him in the house? I can't, I can't, uh, I can't meet the president and not wear a suit, but you know, if I'm on stage and shit, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm, you know, I would say my stage, look, some comedians wear like track jackets, some comedians just wear button downs and jeans and either sneakers or dress shoes, but no, I go, I'm I'm either a, a nice sweater, a nice button down, Uh, you know, maybe, uh, if I'm just doing a a local, you know, comedy club in the city with 100, 200 people, maybe wear like a nice little, you know, hoodie, jeans, sneakers, something like that. You know, I'm telling jokes sometimes in a fucking basement, but I know he always goes at me like that. They, 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 they also go at me saying that I don't think anything in the world happened before 1986 because my sports knowledge pretty much starts in 86, but look, I was eight years old. Like what? Like I'm not. I'm not. Listen. I know some things in the past. I've seen. I've watched some. You know, shows that have sports history, and I've obviously know about sports history of some of my favorite teams. You know, the '70 Knicks, the '73 Knicks. But I was born. You know, in the, in the in the late '70s. So yeah, I whatever. I'm not gonna fucking know all of the shit, and we get into arguments about it. But I'm sticking to it, that the athletes today are faster and better. I know it's all relative to the times, but that's what I'm sticking with. But thank you so much for the submission. Uh, also, yes, I wanted to let you guys know because some people brought to my attention. So what I did, I just wanted to, where are we on time here? Because this is, this. oh, wow, we're flying by. I mean, this is a good show. This is a good show. We're talking about, you know, hot, crazy bitches. We're talking about, you know, we're, we're having a good time here on uh, 295, everybody. Wherever you may be. Where are you today? In the, Are you out in New York in this nice weather? Are you out west where I think it's been raining forever? Where are you? Are you home in your home office? Are you in the bathroom shitting on another floor in your building because you don't want to do the damage to your company's floor? Oh, there's a callback. Um, no, what I, <laughs> what I was going to say... You guys remember True Romance, right? True Romance. Dennis Hopper. Right before Christopher Walken kills Dennis Hopper, rest his soul, he uh, tells a story about how the Moors went in and they changed blonde hair and blue eyes in Sicily to dark hair because, uh, you know, the African, um, you know, bloodline went into the Sicilians or whatever. So, uh, you know, like I said, explains this big dick. No, I'm I'm kidding. So... (laughs) so (laughs) I hope my kids never listen to my podcast. Uh, but so anyway, like one of the funniest things was I'll give you guys a really cool story before I wrap the show up. I was at uh, Gotham comedy club. I could honestly tell you this. Some of the greatest comedy club owners are the Mazzillis. Chris and Steve Mazzilli, they own Gotham comedy club in New York city They own um, Levity Live. They are the best. And uh, I don't work those rooms a lot. I'm not saying this. They don't listen to this. They're not going to hear this. But I can tell you, they are the best. They are some of the best people I've ever met in the business. The level of respect they treat the comedians with, the way the audience is, they don't have any bullshit in the room of drunk people being disruptive and ruining the show. They have a great sound system, they have a great stage. They're just fucking amazing people. And not to be biased, but I love Italians. I don't know what it is. I love Italians. So I'm in Gotham, and I'm doing a commercial for a network with uh, Lynn Coplitz and Jim Brewer. And uh, we're do- <laughs> we're doing this we're doing this commercial, and we're drinking. We're actually drinking uh, something. I think there's a bartender there, and we're drinking or whatever. So right before we start shooting this commercial. Uh, Jim Brewer and I were talking. He's walking around. He's like, I think I'm going to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. So Chris Mazzilli, the owner of, <laughs> the owner <laughs> the owner of Gotham, goes, uh, oh, what are you doing? And Jim goes, I think I'm going to go get a coffee. I think I'm going to go get a Starbucks. And Chris, being the amazing gentleman that he is, he just goes, all right, you know, that, that's fine. But just so you know, we we brew Starbucks coffee here. We have it. And Jim looks at him, and Jim goes, <laughs> Jim goes, uh yeah, but you know, what am I going to go up there and make it? And, and, and Chris had this unbelievable look of bewilderment and confusion on his face. And he just goes, he goes, no. He goes, I'll have the I'll have the guy make it for you and bring it down. He goes, what the fuck you think we're doing over here? And just the way he said that, it was so Italian and funny. He's just like, no, I'll have the guy make and bring it to you. Like, what, what do you think we're doing over here? It was... Me and Brewer just bursted out laughing. It was one of the most Italian greatest things, and to this day, one of my favorite things that a comedy club owner ever said. He was genuinely confused, like, no, I'm gonna have, what do you, and he just opened his arms like a true Italian, what do you think we're doing over here is one of the funniest lines, and me and Brewer, and Brewer just did his typical laugh, like his ha-ha-ha, it, so, it was so hilarious. I love those guys, uh, great club, great people. And you know who else are great people? You guys. You guys for listening to this show. The Happy 295. Oh, Lord knows I'm going to be pissed next week. Something's going to happen next week. I'm going to be pissed. Um, But that's pretty much it for the show, everybody. I want to thank you all for your submissions to the Unacceptables. All right, thank you. If you want to submit an... Oh, shit, I forgot if somebody sent Unacceptables to my Twitter. Let me look at that real quick because I don't need... What the fuck, Verzi? I didn't... I didn't get a shout-out on your... Let's see here. Let's see what we have. Do we have one? I'm sure we do, and I missed it. And then other things happened, and then I did the NFL show, which means it's fucking buried there deep, and I screwed this up. So if I did, I'm sorry. Um, Oh, somebody sent a picture unacceptable, which was actually really funny. Really funny. Where was it? Where was it? Uh... I think it was a woman working behind a bar, and while she, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a woman working behind a bar, and while she was standing there, she was holding her, like a two-year-old, so, I gotta find it, shit, did I, I'm, I probably screwed it up, let's see, oh, man, I'm sorry if I did, guys, I think I definitely did, oh, unless it was on, was it a Facebook? Anyway, resend it to me, guys. I'm sorry. Resend me on Twitter because I got backed up with Twitter after doing the television show uh, yesterday. Uh, but yeah, somebody sent an unacceptable: is a woman holding a baby, I think, while she was bartending or behind a bar, and it was really funny. So I'm sorry about. I'm uh, sorry about that. But yeah, resend that and. Um, If you want to resend or submit anything, send it to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com and hit me up on Twitter, that's at Paul Verzi, that is V-I-R-Z-I. Okay, plugs guys. This week, I have a very busy week, I'm working on my new hour, I will be shooting a special in about two and a half months, or five, uh, what is it, Uh, nine weeks away maybe, so what are we, or February, so yeah, end of April, early May, I'm shooting a special and I'm going to be running around working on it. I'll be doing that this week. This week, I will be, tonight, at 8.30, I will be running a long set at New York Comedy Club. Tonight, New York Comedy Club, 8.30. Should be a lot of fun. Great club on 24th Street and 2nd. I'm going to be doing that. Tomorrow night, I will be hosting the 8 and 10 at the stand and performing on the Midnight Show. Saturday, I will be on the... 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock shows at Danger Fields. And Sunday, I will be at the Hartford Funny Bone. So, uh busy week and weekend of a lot of shows. Uh, so, you guys could check that out. Also, uh, I am going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, March 6th through 8th uh, at Stand Up Live with Bill Burr. But I believe those shows are sold out. Um, and what else? And for other dates, I got a bunch of other dates coming on. So you could go to PaulVersey.com for all other dates. Um, things are being added. Oh, Long Island. I will be going back to Levittown. That's right. I will be doing governors in Long Island, March 31st to April 1st. Two days, Friday and Saturday, March 31st to April 1st. Uh, running the hour over there at Levittown in uh, Long Island, Governor's Comedy Club. March 31st to April 1st, get tickets to that. You could go on their website, just Google in Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown, and you will be able to get uh, tickets to that. So uh, there you go. And, and again, things are being uh, things are being added. Uh, I will be going back out to the West Coast, working on that as well. So you could check out the site. Thank you guys for listening. Until 296, I am out of here. Be well. Take care.